All right, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, June 10th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin. I'm joined, as always, on Thursday afternoons by my man over there in Chicago, AJ Shulo. What's going on, man? Yes, sir. Yeah, a lot of cards this week. Big week for fights. Ultimate Fighter, PFL, Bellator, UFC, amongst other things. So, yeah, looking forward to, to diving into some of this. No, with you. It's, it's crazy. We got, like you said, the UFC card, which I broke down with Marcel. I'll touch on it with you a little bit, AJ, today at some point. I'm sure we'll touch on it a little bit. But the bulk of this show is going to be PFL, which is tonight, Thursday, and then Bellator 260, which is Friday. Uh, I really like that Bellator card, man. It's some really intriguing matchups. But I know you want to start with Tough because I feel like. Like I was making the joke off air, AJ, that we're like the only two people watching the show, but I have been watching it. And I mean, it wasn't the greatest fight, I'll say that. The last fight was not the most exciting battle, but I was a little disappointed that uh, that Mitch Raposo um, lost that fight. I'll be honest with you, AJ, because um, Marcel had told me like, this is the guy to look out for. He's a, a Sanford MMA guy. Watch out for this kid. And he doesn't have his normal you know, coaches and stuff. That's something to keep in mind. But he just, I don't know. I was surprised he was out wrestled so much by... Uh, God, this guy's name's really tough to pronounce. Ludovic, uh, can you pronounce his last name? Can you? Can you? Oh, no, no. It's so tough, guys. He's the tough one, guys. This one's a tough one. He's an Armenian fighter. That's it's. He's an experienced guy. I was talking about it with AJ, and I'm, I remember telling AJ, like, man, this guy, you know, he had that win over Cachero in uh, LFA. That guy's in the UFC right now, Vince Cachero, or he was, I think, maybe he was released. But that, like, I was, it was a guy that I was kind of looking at because of the experience. Him and Josh Renninghouse, experienced guys. But you're looking at blue check prospect by. Like uh, Mitch Raposo, AJ, it is a little surprising when he loses to a guy like this that's not really that highly regarded. So give me your thoughts on the fight, man. Yeah, um, honestly, I think Mitch is pretty solid. I think his takedown defense looked good in open space, but once uh, Ludovic got him against the fence, that were that kind of reminded me of like Hunter Azure, like he kind of struggled to separate. Um, and then that's where we got to see Ludovic take his back. And um, honestly, I didn't think Mitch like looked bad per se i mean like obviously it wasn't a great performance like he could have won but like i think ludovic is just a little bit underrated because um i didn't know much about him prior to the episode but like they talked about how he's on the ukrainian national wrestling team which i was like pretty i was i was like very impressed with so um this is one of these fights like it was obviously much more competitive than the first fight as you alluded to but i don't think like i I definitely do consider that a high level fight like i'm not looking at mitch going like you know, just because he lost on tough, he, he doesn't have high potential. I think right. he does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think Ludovic is uh, is a solid guy. I do. No, for, for sure. I just made, I just realized they made a mistake. I, I got uh, uh, Mitch uh, Raposo confused with Dustin Lampros, who trains at uh, Stanford. But Mitch Raposo trains with Joe Lozano and those guys. So he's at a good camp too. I just got them confused for a second. I apologize for that. But yeah, I'm with you on that, AJ. I think he's still obviously got a lot of potential in this game. Don't get me wrong. He's only 22. So I don't think losing an exhibition fight is going to like be the end of the world for him. Um, outside of the the fight itself, what do you think of like the back and forth between the coaches? There's really not much heat between these guys. It seems like, right? No, no, there really isn't. Um, it's all right though. I mean, it's pretty crazy though to see like Ortega go two zero, and then now they just beat the number one guy that was picked overall in the show. So it just gives Ortega and his team like a lot of momentum. To be honest with you, so yeah. um, and I know you remember Rampage versus Evans, where like <laughs> where um, Evans went seven and zero, and then Marcus Jones finally won the A spot. But I think on team on Garbrandt versus Dillashaw, I think Team Dillashaw won all eight fights I, and then his guys were the ones that moved on i don't think team garbrandt won a single fight so it's pretty crazy these like shutouts i wonder if we have another one in the making but hopefully not hopefully we have some more competition but yeah i think you know brian ortega i've been kind of watching the parts where he's actually coaching and seems like uh you know is he's, he's been i've been watching the parts where he was like co- coaching guys and striking you can just tell that brian's really 
getting these concepts now with the striking. And you saw that in the last fight, AJ, with Korean Zombie. Like, you can see the improvements. And when you see him training guys how to strike and how to move and then how to mix it with your takedowns, like, you can just tell this guy's really improving the aspect of his game. So, you know what? Right now, the odds for that fight, I believe they are out. Let me just double check. Um, I think they're out, right? Volkanovski. Maybe they aren't out, actually. That's kind of surprising. I thought they would no. have out odds for that. Yeah, they don't. But, I mean, I would still assume Alex would be a small favorite because he is the champ coming off back-to-back wins over Max Holloway. Um, but I think Ortega definitely, man, from what I've seen in that fight with Zombie, it seemed like, again, a, a situation where a guy took time off and didn't get worse, he got better. And it sure seems like he's uh, really mixing it all really well now. Let me get to Jose's comment. Hey, Jose. Is Justin Willis still part of PFL? I knew he was He was supposed to be in the tournament. He fell out. So he might still be on their roster, but I don't believe he's in this uh, this season's tournament. So um, I would say he's still on the roster, but I, I don't think he's going to be fighting anytime soon. Um, there's been a lot of like uh, shakeups in, in PFL lately, AJ. I don't know if you noticed that. Like Obviously, Anthony Pettis fell off the card. We'll talk about the card now. Um, but Anthony Pettis fell off the card, and there were some other change-ups and stuff. Um, just... What do you think, man? There's a lot of people saying the PFL is kind of biased with their matchmaking, I guess you could say, or they favor certain fighters. Like, Hen and Ferrer came out and, and basically blasted them for the whole situation with Verdum. And even Jose's saying right now, the matchmaking is kind of shady. What do you think, man? What do you think, AJ? Um, I don't know. I haven't really, like, thought too much about it. I mean, you could – I mean, there's always massive favorites in Bellator. I think Bellator, mm-hmm. if you were going to use that argument, Bellator would be, like, the more clearer promotion – uh, but it's just not to say that it's not a possibility, I guess. I just, I think when you have like one of these, like these promotions where there's not like, cause in the UFC, like this is the best of the best you get, you know, some fights mm-hmm. are one sided, but then you just get a lot more closely contested fights because yeah. these are the best guys. Yeah. Um, whereas in the, some of these smaller promotions, you just get a lot of mismatches. Um, but like, honestly, I mean, like I get, I get where you guys are coming from, but at least like from a betting odds perspective, nope. I mean, you got like Lance Palmer, obviously, but like, yeah. you know, beyond him, it's like, you know, everybody's like, you know, hovering minus 400 or below, you know, minus 200 range. So it's not like, it's not like every single fight odds are absurd. You also got Moby Kabi live, but like, mm-hmm. we know that that guy's a stud. So like that, yeah. you know, he's just pretty much like outmatching most dudes, but I don't know. I mean, I can kind of see where you guys are coming from, but then you even got to fight like Brandon Laughlin and Tyler Diamond. I think Tyler Diamond's a solid guy and he's sitting as a big underdog mm-hmm. right now. So yep. um, I think there's a couple different ways you could interpret it. Yeah, I think this is this is kind of more what he's getting at. They're giving Ali's climate's favorable matchups. I, I think it's kind of uh, a fair statement, to be honest with you, Jose. I, I feel like it's been that way since WSOF, though. It's not like it's a new thing. You know what I mean? So these guys should have been – they kind of know what they're getting themselves into because Ali does have influence on his promotion. There's no doubt about it. Anyways, let's get to these fights. And, and you just mentioned a few of them. Blance Palmer, that fight's been rebooked. The Kabilaya fight was also rebooked, AJ. So this fight lost – this card lost some fights. Unfortunately, um, the Nathan Schulte fight got uh, changed as well. He's still fighting now, thankfully. Um, let's just get into the card. Let me pull up the screen here. We'll get into it. All right. PFL. Good to go. There we are. Okay, good. So let's start with the bottom here, agent. Work our way up. We got Chris Wade taking Armin Ospinov. And obviously, this is a lightweight bow, if I'm not mistaken. Right? 155. No, it's 145. Sorry. Wait, why, why am I so confused right now, AJ? What, what way is this? I don't know why I'm confused right now. Featherweight. Uh, Sorry, guys. I don't know why yeah, I said lightweight. <laughs> I just, I, just I totally overthought it. I'm like, wait, Chris Wade's at 145. Anyways, the odds for this fight, Ospinov minus 135, Chris Wade plus 115. So give me your thoughts on this fight, man. 
Yeah, I always I'm kind of a a Chris Wade truther, I guess you could say. Like I've I've never been like from a betting standpoint. I've always just kind of thought his style is like good for winning fights. He's not the most exciting. That's part of the reason why they let him go from the <laughs> UFC. But he's a guy that's a good wrestler, good athlete, and he's just good at imposing his wrestling and earning top control and kind of winning rounds. And um, he wouldn't be a guy I would really look to bet against just because he's kind of a tough puzzle to fizz- uh, figure out. Excuse me. Uh, but of course he. Uh, this is a closely competitive, uh, closely lined fight that is with Armand here. Um, I would, I would, as far as a prediction standpoint, I'd go with Armand, but I think from a betting standpoint, it's actually a dogger pass matchup. Yeah, honestly, man, I, I would kind of lean to, a little bit towards Chris Wade just because he's proven it so many times that he can just wrestle and win fights. So you're getting a guy with a clear path to victory, right? With the grappling at plus money. I mean, I think that you know that's the way to go here. But so I'm with you, AJ. I think it's dogger pass personally. Um, but again, you know, Ospinov is a bit of an unknown here coming in here um, from ACA and obviously showed some knockout power in that promotion. He's fought some decent competition. Not great. I think that overall, uh, Wade's fought better fighters too. He's been in the UFC. I actually kind of like Wade here a little bit. You got to be honest with you, he's a dog. So uh, I'm with you. I, I think it's dogger pass and I would lean towards Chris Wade. I, and I'm with you in that he's a guy you don't really want to bet against because of that style. Like it's just one of those blanket type of wrestling based styles. And yeah. Sweet scientist, ace in the hole, safe play, even money. I mean, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, man. As a dog or plus money, I think in Chris Wade, that's a good – I think that's a decent bet, honestly, AJ. So, again, this card's in, like, what, an hour and a half? That's the first fight of the night. That's something to look at, guys, for sure. Um, Pavlos says Willis is injured. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be out. And, uh, yeah, he's been replaced. All right, let's go to the next fight here. But we do uh, – you picked Austin officially, I guess, but I'm going to pick Chris Wade. But I, I, we both said it was dog or pass. Um, this next fight, Shaman Marais against Jesse Stern. And the odds for this one right now have Shane Marais, pretty big favorite agent, minus 280, Stern plus 220. Give me your thoughts on this fight, man. Yeah, talk about a one, a complete 180 of a matchmaking for, for Marais here. He goes from Kobe Lyev, who's just a stud fighter, probably one of the better fighters not, not in the UFC, yeah. um, to Stern here, who no disrespect to Stern, but just um, I, I think Marais here is more proven. I think he's a better striker. Um, I always like – you know, I, I still do consider him like UFC level, even though he's not in the UFC. I just think his detriment, why he can't compete with the UFC level guys, not from a technique perspective, but like he's just pretty low paced, um, doesn't really wrestle or grapple offensively. And he's um, he's been knocked out more than once. Like Feely got him, mm-hmm. Laughlin got him last time. And so um, while he's a great technical striker that has some underrated power, um, he's pretty limited on what he could do, like because he's just like a counter striker, and that's not the most fan friendly to, to the judges that we as we've seen um, in the past. But um, that said, I still I have to side with the better fighter, um, not a guy that I would be confident betting at pr- what would probably be a big odds because yeah, you know, minus two eighty name. Yeah, and here's yeah. the thing though, he's coming off a, a recent knockout loss. That's the thing you got to worry about with these tournaments in PFL. Guys are not getting a lot like of time to recover after these knockouts. So I got to be honest, Pettis is not on this card, but I was looking at Pettis to fade him a little bit, AJ. Honestly, everyone's saying he's going he to roll that Martinez kid. I, I wasn't so sure. You know, I'm not sure about this new matchup. Maybe he can win that fight. But I thought the undefeated Martinez, the Canadian, might have had a chance there just because Pettis took such a beating like six weeks ago. This fight, again, um, Lofton knocked out this guy in eight, late April. So I, I'm still going to take Marais too, AJ. And um, – you know, Stern, I don't really like regard that highly by any means. I'm just saying it always worries me when the guy's coming off a, a recent knockout loss like a month ago. You know, it's not like he's had six months to recover like a guy in the UFC would because of the tournament format. So that's always something to keep in mind, guys, the damage they take at the fight previously in these tournaments. 
Let's go to 155 here. Ahmed Aliyev against Loik Radzibov. And the odds for this one, minus 170 for Aliyev, plus 150 for Radzibov. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, I think I was breaking this down with you uh, when he was matched up with Wade, although, no, maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. But, like, yeah, Aliyev, um, Aliyev is a pretty good fighter. Um, but uh, he's not, like, I don't know. I don't think he's got the most fan-friendly style. That said, I think he probably wins here. Um, think he's a better fighter. Yeah, just I don't know. Could be a maybe not the most exciting fight, but but one that Aliyev should win. Yeah, and he was this guy was a big favorite. Loic Radzibov. Remember, I was saying don't bet on this guy. Like he's not a guy to trust, right? In his last fight, lost. So yeah, I mean the odds obviously have him as the underdog in this one. So people have flipped their opinion on this guy after he lost as a big favorite. And I, don't, I don't really blame him. I mean, we thought we'd win that fight. I think it's a pretty close fight, AJ. Honestly, but I, I would lean towards Aliyev too. Minus 170. I think he should probably get the job done. He just seems like a more dangerous guy, if you ask me. Um, but hopefully it's a more fan-friendly fight than what you're kind of uh, insinuating here. I, and Although I, I think you might be right, too. So it could just be a grappling match, and you might be like, oh, can we go to the next one? Yeah, exactly. So I don't think you're necessarily wrong with your prediction if that's what's going to happen. This fight is going to be grappling-based, I think. And if it is, it could be a lot of fun. And it might stay, take place in the feed, too, because – you know, Held has shown some improvements, and, and so has Aubrey Mercier. But I think if this goes to the ground, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, AJ. So we got Marching Held taking on Olivier Aubin Mercier. Battle of former UFC fighters. And this is the uh, one of the closely closest aligned fights in the card. It is actually. Um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing closer on the card than this one, AJ. And Marching Held, very small. Minus 120 favorite, plus 100 on Aubin Mercier. So a very close fight, AJ. Give me your thoughts on this one, man. Yeah, um... I'm gonna side with Held. I've seen Mercier get his back taken so many. We've seen him get taken back taken so many times in the UFC. Martin took his back. Uh, Burns took his back. Um, somebody else was in there as well. Um, he is tough to finish, but like he just gives away some minutes with control. Fajera was the other guy uh, way back when. So I actually side with Held here. And um, to your point, I, I was very impressed. Uh, I know that I picked against him when he fought uh, Schultz. But yep. that was a very impressive performance. And look, I'll, I'll own it when I'm wrong. And mm-hmm. I'm always willing to, to learn and um, acknowledge when the guy's improving and whatnot. So um, I get like Mercier, like he's been, he's like the fresher, like post UFC guy. But um, I actually side with Marcin Held here. I mean, I don't think Held has the, the best durability, but Mercier is not a huge power puncher. Mm-hmm. So um, I tend to think that Held's issues are, you know, not going to be a huge, uh, not going to be a huge detriment to a loss here. Maybe he gets tired. We've seen him slow down in the past, but. Um, Mercier is not exactly a cardio machine either. So I think it's, you know, it's a decent fight for Held. you know, assuming he shows up in, in solid form. Yeah. I like this fight a lot, guys. This is a fun one. Um, I'm hoping it goes to the ground, but I have a feeling it might be like a fight where they both kind of cancel each other out on the ground and it takes place in the feet. And honestly, I'm kind of with you, AJ. I feel like Held's almost like a little bit better in the striking. I mean, Mercier is obviously very experienced, but so is Held. Both guys have had experience. Mercier is best when he's grappling though and do you really want to grapple with held that doesn't seem like a good idea does it so i'm kind of with you aj i would lean a little towards held but mercy is a talented guy man and he's got good wins and you know he has shown some finishing ability at times too so he's a dangerous dude but uh this layoff bothered me aj two years hasn't fought now that's a long time you know what i mean so held just fought and he had a good before didn't take much damage and 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 he shut out nathan schultz and that is such a big win in my mind. You know what I mean, AJ? Like, that is such a big win over a guy who's very underrated and very good. Held versus decision, worst decision ever. Uh, Lozon said in post-fight interview, Held won. I'm pretty sure I bet on Held, and I was really pissed off that night. 
I, I bet I held him a few of his fights, like the one with Hadzovich. I remember being really angry because he gets KO. He was winning the fight and just gets brutally KO'd the knee in the third round, gassed a little bit, like to your point, AJ, about his cardio. So that's always been a concern with me with the cardio a little bit. But the guy's a really good grappler. I've been a fan of him for like years, ever since he fought Michael Chandler in Bellator and gave Michael Chandler issues 10 years ago. I mean, the guy's good. So and he's only 29, which is crazy to me. I, I like You would think that a guy being around this long would be a little bit older, AJ. 29 is still young. So. I think it's a competitive fight, but I would lean a little bit towards Marching Held, who I actually think is a little bit um, underrated by most fans. Mercy is 32 now, AJ. Look at that. Two years off, 30, 32. That's a big difference, you know. Um, let's go to the next fight here. We got Nathan Schultz. So he's the former lightweight, defending lightweight champion, I should say, taking on Alex Martinez. And this is a pretty interesting fight. And this fight was booked, I believe, 24 hours notice, guys. So these guys were not preparing for each other. Um, Martinez was supposed to fight Pettis. Schulte was supposed to fight... Uh, I think he had another opponent that he was supposed to fight his friend, Rosh Manfio, who's like, uh, I believe, uh, his daughter's godfather. And they did not want to fight each other, but they were going to because, it, you know, it's obviously their job. They didn't want to fight each other, though. But thankfully, that fight was changed. Now Pettis is fighting Manfio. And we got Schult against Martinez. So Schulte or Schult, um, I should say, uh, odds minus 300, AJ, and Martinez plus 240. But th they opened as a, a pick of at minus 115 each. Um, I was doing my podcast with James Lynch yesterday, and, and the odds came out while we were doing the podcast. And he's like, "Dude, he's like, you got to hit minus one fifteen." But I, I missed it. So all these people, if they got, I think minus one fifteen in Schultz, I think that's a great line, AJ. Give me your thoughts, though, man, on this fight. Yeah, well, it's pretty interesting that we have the held fight right before this because when we're watching the held fight, we're probably going to know like yep. if that performance against Schultz was like a good performance by held or a bad or a bad performance by Schultz. And it's going to make the it might make us change our prediction going into the next fight. But anyway. I'm with you. I think Schultz wins. I think he's a better fighter. Um, it's it, it's crazy. I still remember on this very podcast breaking down with you how him and Palmer, the two guys that won the championship last year, the, the million bucks last year, uh, lost in their first fights. It's crazy how it could all work out. But um, it's yeah. not to say the guy still isn't a, a good fighter. Uh, he is. Um, yeah. I think he's a better fighter here, and that's why I'm predicting him to win. That card had a bunch of upsets on it, a couple big ones too. But yeah, I think this Martinez kid's very talented. He's coming off a good win, guys, over Radzibov. It's an upset win. Odds, he was plus 310. So, you know, he's, he is a, a Canadian. A, a, I, I thought he was training in Canada. But anyways, uh, he's yeah, he is training at Hayabusa in Alberta. So, yeah, man, I, I, I like this guy. He's training under Bill Mahood. So that's a former UFC fighter. But it'd be nice to see him win as a Canadian here. But I, I'm pretty sure Sheldon Rolls, man. He's really good. Hello, everyone. Hey, how's it going, man? Uh Ospinov's fighting really soon, I think. It's in about, I think it's a 5.30 Eastern time, if I'm not mistaken, the card starts. So, or maybe six. It's really soon, but either way, we'll finish the podcast before then. Um, although, I don't know if you want to hear it, man, because if you're an Ospinov fan, we, we were both kind of leaning way into dog money there, my man. So, <laughs> I don't know if you want to go back and watch that part. I'm kidding. We both think Ospinov's solid, though. So, um, next fight, AJ. Uh, that's the end of the prelims. Go to the main card here. And this fight's interesting because I'm I'm 100% with you, dude. I'm looking at the odds for this fight. Brennan Lofton versus Tyler Diamond. The last podcast we did, you were you were gushing over Tyler Diamond. You were like, man, this guy's really good. I really like this kid. I think he wins. You were telling me you were thinking about you know him and uh, Palmer that night. <laughs> Palmer obviously lost, but I, I thought he was going to win too. I mean, we were all surprised by that. But anyways, Tyler Diamond, was he rolled just like you said he would. But he's a huge underdog here against Lofton. I know he looked great in his last fight against Marais, knocking him out, but this, these odds seem kind of off to me, AJ. I'm not going to lie. Minus 380 on Brendan Lofton seems really high. Tyler Diamond plus 315. I, I feel like Tyler Diamond is definitely a dog to look at, guys. What do you think? 
Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a dog or pass matchup yeah. from a betting standpoint. Um, I think part of the reason why Laughlin is the favorite is he's on momentum and people love momentum um, with fighters. And um, I mean, I think it helps. It could help with like their confidence. Um, it, you, you know, you just, you just feel better backing a fighter that has proven that they could win um, at a high rate recently. But when you look at it stylistically, it's not like a fight that like, I don't, I think Laughlin like crushes di- no. diamond and diamonds, extremely well-rounded, um, good wrestler, good athlete. He's very strong. Um, his striking is kind of a work in progress. Like, uh, well, it's not, it's not bad. Let me just say that it's, it's definitely coming along, but I guess my concern with diamond kind of in general is he, he just, he underperforms at times. Like, I think he's a great fighter, but there's just moments in fights. Um, and we even saw in the last fight against Joe, he was in complete mm-hmm. control of that yep. fight, but he almost got knocked out. Yep. Yep. And then on the ultimate fighter, uh, against Jay Cuccinello, a fighter on paper who I think he's just much better than no disrespect to Jay, but like, I just think on, on paper, Diamond's a much better fighter. And then he lost that fight because he, he slowed down. He struggled to get takedowns there. And for whatever reason, um, you know, and we saw Cuccinello back in, in the finale get taken down by Catano. So it's all kind of weird. But I think, yeah, Diamond is a a guy I wouldn't want to back Laughlin again. I mean, I wouldn't really want to bet anybody against Diamond, especially these odds in general. But Laughlin is a guy that, like, even though I'm predicting him to win, I don't agree with this line. Yeah. I would have it much tighter if I was the odds maker. Um, so we'll see exactly how it is. Laughlin's a great guy. Diamond's a great guy, both UFC level ish, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's a high level fight. But I, I just don't agree with the odds, to your point. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think you broke it down really well. I mean, this guy, they're both UFC caliber. Laughlin, for some reason, Dana White just didn't like him. I don't know what, what the reason was. He said because he went for a takedown in a fight he was winning. I've seen that fight a few times now with Algio. It's a great fight. He should have got signed after that fight. It's just kind of stupid that Algio's in the UFC now when he's clearly not the UFC caliber fighter that we that he like we that guy doesn't look like he's UFC caliber at all to me, honestly, in the last couple of fights. Whereas Lofton obviously looks like a guy that I don't know why Dana White passed on him, but he's looked good. So you're right, AJ. All the momentum, you know, you can't ignore that. But I'm with you. I think the odds are too high. And again, you know, Tyler Diamond's only lost once as a pro, guys, to Bryce Mitchell by majority decision. That's it. You know, it does worry me, though, that he got dropped in the last fight by, by um, his opponent, man. That does worry me. And he almost obviously lost that one, too. You could see another huge upset in that card. But, uh, you know, the grappling, I think, could play here, AJ. So I, I'm, I think the line should be like minus 200 on Lofton. He should be the favorite, I believe. So I'm kind of with you in that pure pick. I guess you have to go Lofton. But I, I think Diamond, there's some value. There's a dog. All right, let's go to the next fight here. Bubba Jenkins against uh, Bobby Moffitt. We were talking about Lance Palmer earlier, and Bubba Jenkins just put on an absolute clinic in that fight. He looked unbelievable as a huge underdog uh, winning that fight against Lance Palmer. So he's kind of like the uncrowned champ right now at 145 in PFL a little bit. And he takes on Bobby Moffitt here, a former UFC fighter. Right now, Bubba Jenkins minus one, minus 220. Bobby, uh, the Wolfman Moffitt, he is plus 180. AJ, break it down. Yeah, um... You know, there was so much narrative going into the Palmer fight. And this is something that I, I overlooked because I'm not, you know, I'm not the biggest PFL guy, but um, with, with Palmer and Jenkins, they had a bit of a history of, of wrestling back yep. in their collegiate days. And uh, I mean, J- and Jenkins got the best of them. And, you know, we see this time and time, time and time again, you know, with these fighters in training camp, the fighter says, I got the better of them. I remember TJ and Cody, Cody saying he knocked TJ out. And then, you know, we saw what happened both fights, but, <laughs> I think with wrestling, it's a, a bit different because we see with wrestling, it's a, a grappling based art, lower variance than say a striking mm-hmm. battle. Yep. And we tend to see the better wrestler, the better grappler went out much more often than the better striker does. 
Uh, but going in this matchup, I think you have to favor Jenkins because he's the better wrestler. He should be able to control where the fight goes. He's a better athlete than Moffitt. But Moffitt is tricky on the ground as a submission grappler. He's definitely got very good submissions. Um, he, young, younger guy, tested. Um, but he, for him to win, I think he's kind of have to lock something up from his back or do something opportunistically like a, like a guillotine or something like that. Um, and you know, Jenkins has been submitted in the past. He's not the mm-hmm. best submission grappler, but, um, as far as the pick goes, got to side with Jenkins. This is our debatably the best form he's, he's been in, but, um, I do consider Moffat a, a live underdog here. I'm with you. I'm with you on this one too, AJ. I actually agree with you. You know, I, I always hate when a guy's a huge underdog in Bobby Jenkins case, what was he plus 400 in his last fight? Something like that. Plus 300. And now he's a minus you know, 220, 200 favorites. So it's not like it's a, it's not like he's minus 500 now, but still the fact that that it's a 500 cent difference guys. So like what changed in one month because of one win now he's this big favorite. So to me, it's like, this is one you got to be a little careful of because I've seen this guy lose before in Bellator many times. He was, he was submitted, knocked out. I don't really trust his submission defense, AJ against Moffitt a little bit here. Um, and I think the fight will be grappling based and Moffitt's a guy where he can grab a Darce choke. And we've seen that. Um, I know the Chastelli fight was overturned, but he, you know, technically got the win in that fight. And then obviously on Contender Series before that, he's good with those submissions. So honestly, AJ, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Moffat got the Darce. I mean, that's his move. That's what he loves. And if in a scramble, maybe in the second or third round, Jenkins gets a little bit tired, he could he could get him. So I think it's – I actually think it's Dogger Pass, guys, even though I'm not a huge Moffat guy, just because of the style matchup. Because I think it's going to be grappling-based, and he'll have opportunities to get the neck of Jenkins. So it should be an interesting fight. Jenkins should be favored because of the last win over Palmer. No doubt about it. But um, I think that Moffitt, he's another guy who's a little bit underrated. He gets cut by the UFC. He lost two fights, but he's not bad. He's like he's a borderline UFC guy. So he's not terrible. Um, let's go to the next fight here. Clay Collard against uh, Jolton Luderbach. I, yeah, this fight is just so strange. I mean, couldn't they have found a, a, someone better? I, I guess Collard, because he won, he got his pick of the litter here. But K. Collard minus 225, Luderbach plus 185. Collard coming off a huge win, AJ Repetis. Uh, you expect him to roll here? Oh, man. Collard coming through and as a big underdog. And a lot of people bet him as a big yeah, underdog. I saw it's that so too. crazy. I didn't, I didn't it, really see it coming. I'll be honest with you. That's, I'm glad people did get some money. He was plus you know, 400. So I didn't see it coming the way he personally. I don't know about you. No, I mean, I, I picked Pettis and everything. I mean, but, but when people bet him, it made sense. The pressure, the boxing, the durability, it, it, call, it kind of makes yeah. sense in a vacuum. But, yeah, yeah I, I think Collard should win. Um, he's, a, he's a guy, though, that, like, um, I don't feel confident backing as a big favorite because kind of like yep. – I know we're not going to talk a lot about UFC here, but kind of like Matt Favola, he's a guy that I just consider really tough. Oh, no, I want, actually, cardio. I want to talk about that fight with you. I do actually want to talk about that fight with you. So we'll do that later, okay? Oh, Harris perfect. And Favola, let's keep that in mind. Cause actually I was going to ask you about that one. Cause it's a new fight. Anyways, continue AJ, please. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So he's one of these guys that like, he's going to go out there and give a great effort. He's not going to quit on himself. He's got great cardio, but he's not necessarily like the best athlete or the most skilled fighter, the most technical fighter in there. So he's a guy that's like, yeah, like maybe if he's a big underdog again to a guy that like, you know, struggles in the pressure department, the boxing department, the base department, you could back him as an underdog there. But as a big favorite against a lot of guys, I don't feel confident backing Collar, to be honest with you. He's just just pretty, like, again, like slow-ish. Like, yeah, again, he's tough to walk forward, but just not the guy I feel the most confident backing at a big price, though I'm going to pick him here. Um, another guy kind of glowing along with that trend that we have on this card, best form that we've seen him in a while. Yeah. So um, I, I think you got to favor Collard. 
You do, but again, it's the same situation as the Jenkins fight. You know, he was plus 400. Now he's a big favorite to win this one. That's something you got to watch out for, like a 610 swing. So all of a sudden, the perceptions change of this guy in one fight. I understand it's a different matchup, but this Luderbach guy is a little bit of an unknown guy. You know, we don't know a lot about him. I know he lost the first fight to Manfield by split decision, but there's a guy with a lot of experience. He's fought all over the world. I mean, I'm going to pick Collard for sure, AJ. I'm just saying, like, this one's a little bit trickier, I think, than some people are giving me credit for. Just because Collard beat Pettis doesn't mean this fight's going to be a good matchup for him. So you got to remember that, guys. It's not just the names. It's also the matchup. Um, but, yeah, you know, who doesn't love watching Cassius Clay Collard, man? He's just awesome. And, man, I used to love him in the UFC. This fight with Max Holloway was an absolute barn burn. If you guys haven't you've seen that fight, AJ, I'm assuming you have, uh, Collard and Holloway. Go back and I'm watch not. that one. Go back and watch that one, my man. That is a good fight, guys. That's a fun fight. I don't know if it was fight of the night, but it was a good one. Yeah, but that was a good one. And then he had a, he had a fight of the night, I think. Didn't he? Trader, maybe? No. But anyways, he had some close fights with the UFC. I think he's UFC caliber, but again, it's all matchups. So we'll see what happens. Um, I just recommend people be careful when they're, you know, going from a guy that's a huge underdog to a huge favorite. That always kind of, AJ, you know what I mean? Like, the perception changes so fast. Like, it's like, okay... Let's take a step back for a sec. Is he really as good as he looked in that one fight? I'm not sure. I think Pettis – I think, honestly, Pettis is on the downside of his career. Watching that Nate Diaz fight back in preparation for 263, AJ, like, Pettis, you know, we probably should have seen that decline coming a little bit sooner. Anyways, uh, let's go to the main event here. Clarissa Shields against Brittany Elkin. Clarissa Shields, uh, women's boxing world champion, guys, very highly regarded, making her debut in mixed martial arts. I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm excited to see what she can do. I think – you know, this girl absolutely has the striking skills to make noise in MMA. Does she have the grappling? We're going to find out. So, Clarissa Shields, minus 260. Brittany Elkin, plus 220. And the line has gone down, AJ. I've seen some late money come in, obviously, at Elkins the last couple of days. So, what do you think, Ben? Yeah, Shields, just in general about her, she's got the right mindset as a combat sports athlete. She's got a great mindset. She's extremely confident. Like you said, she's a great boxer, undefeated. I mean, she's as good as it gets uh, as it pertains to your hands. And we're going to find out uh, how well-rounded a mixed martial artist she is. She's been training at Jackson Wink in preparation for this, this camp. Things seem to be going well, but I always uh, w- with fighters that are making their, their pro, their pro MMA debut. And, and we just have no footage of, yep. of what they're like outside of them just throwing hands. It's just, I would never ever, bet yeah. a spot like this because we just don't know like if you're if if people want to bet shields they're betting on the unknown you yeah. and that's totally okay it's just i want to bring to light kind of what they're getting themselves into you're you're counting on shields to uh again keep the fight upright and if she does get taken down you know she's able to survive work her way back up to the feet but we have no we have no data other than maybe training room data of her actually doing that in a fight and so mm-hmm. It's not my style to ever do that. Whenever I bet fighters, I want concrete evidence to suggest that they could do something. Um, not so much relying on the unknown. And um, that's just something I like to do. I think Shields is a better combat sports fighter here. I, I don't want to say mixed martial artist just purely because I just don't I just don't know how she is a mixed martial artist yet. But we're going to find out. Um, she's clearly being promoted a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, headliner on your first MMA fight. That is crazy. Um, and at 26 years old, um, yeah, I mean, I do, I do truly think the sky is the limit for her and we're going to, you know, hopefully see her takedown defense get tested a little bit here. And, um, I think that more experience is going to help propel her. And she's from one of her interviews, she says he actually wants to do both. I don't know if you caught that boxing and mixed martial arts. I thought that was pretty interesting. 
and she just boxed a few months ago. So that's that's the thing. Like she's still she's still an active boxer, right? Like it's not like she took a few years off to train. I, mean, I understand she's been training on and off for a while now. She's at Jackson Wing full time training with those coaches there and with Holly Holm. She calls her secret weapon in this training camp. But I'm a hundred and fifty percent with you, Adrian. And everything you said about not having data. We literally have never seen her fight, guys. Never made so. You're throwing minus 260 on someone you've never seen fight. That seems like a really bad idea. Now, is there value in the dog? I'm not sure. <laughs> I got to be honest because I'm pretty sure they handpicked this opponent for her to like probably knock out. But this girl has a lot of experience. She's fought some pretty good girls. She doesn't have really any good wins per se, but she has a lot of experience, AJ, a lot more than Shields. So I think just Shields being the better athlete should honestly be enough. And I think she might show some good takedown defense. But even if she does, I'm still – not sold on it, especially if she fights someone like Harrison at some point. I think that would be an interesting fight at some point, but not, not anytime soon. I hope they build her up slowly. She hasn't fought in MMA yet. Um, and I think the line actually shows that, you know, the, the opponent here is actually getting some respect, AJ, because in the past we have seen some of these like highly hyped fighters come in um, as much bigger favorites. Like Holly Holm, she was a big favorite in the regional scene when she was with, I think, Legacy. Um, but Shields here, not a huge favorite, just a moderate favorite. Um, I would lean towards Shields, AJ, but I just think betting on her is a bad idea, guys. I really think that there's so many better spots. Like, there's how many cards this weekend? Like, five cards? Like, there's UFC, Bellator, uh, PFL, and then you have – there's a few other ones on best fight odds. I didn't even look at them. There's a few other, like, smaller promotions. Like, I'm sure there's more value on one of those cards. You know what I mean, AJ? I would stay away from this one, guys. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, it should be a good card. I'm looking forward to it, guys. All right, let's do Bellator now, AJ. That sounds good with you. Bellator 260. That is tomorrow night, guys. I'm looking forward to this card, AJ. It's a really good fight, including, obviously, the main event. should be awesome. All right, start off. I think there's odds for this one. Let me double-check. we got Alex Polizzi against Gustavo Trujillo. And, yeah, Alex Polizzi, minus 240. Trujillo, plus 200. Break it down, AJ. Yeah, I like Polizzi here. I just think that he's a really talented fighter. Um, I know he's coming off a loss, but he's a young guy, improving. Um, good wrestler, good grappler. Um striking isn't his strong suit but i think he's getting better there and i just honestly think he's a better fighter than trujillo so um he's a guy that i'm actually keeping an eye on in the bellator promotion i think he's got upside um and i think i expect him to go out here and get a win yeah i mean he's looked good for sure i losing Dan glick is there's nothing wrong with that that guy's really good and i think that's a guy that was on contender series dana white passed on this guy i don't know why he got mm -hmm. a finish too yeah he did they're not finished they passed on him i think glick is a guy that uh is an alternate for the tournament too. So um, you never know if you can enter the tournament and be the Daniel Cormier of there. But I mean, yeah, Polizzi has got some decent wins. Like Carvalho is a great win for the ultra champion. Daniel Jolly, I believe was in the UFC. He fought uh, Misha Serkinov and yeah, he fought Roundtree. So in Medifield. So, I mean, this guy has some decent wins and Trujillo, not super experienced in MMA, but he, you know, he does train. In, I like this camp fusion XL AJ. A lot of those, Brazilian guys such as like Jock Ray and those guys train down there. I mean, Jock Ray's not the greatest <laughs> example, I guess. But you know what I mean? Glover Teixeira, I think, has been doing some work there. All those guys that used to be down at X-Gym in Brazil, I think a lot of them are there now in Tampa. So he's training a good camp. He has experience fighting in BKFC. Um, he's got good hands, AJ, I believe. So you never know. But I think Polizzi's the better MMA fighter, right? So that, that's why we go with him here. And I think that the line is pretty accurate. Uh, minus 240. If anything, I, I think he could be a minus 300 favorite in this fight. So Maybe that's someone you could look at for a parlay piece. I do think he wins. Shields is like the best boxer of all time. Sorry, Pavel, I didn't see your, your comments. He says no one MA has a chance staying with her. And Sweet Science says boxing 
That's that's ironic. The sweet science guy says boxing's not in me, striking vice versa. And you're right, 100%. Different sport. Uh, there's no grappling involved, guys, in, in boxing. I mean, there's still some clinching, obviously, but there's no threat of, of a takedown. There's no threat of the level change in, in boxing. And that's why I'm actually so intrigued about that <laughs> Woodley, Woodley fight, actually, with, with Paul, because he's been fighting in MMA so, so, so long, right? Like, his instinct probably going to be to shoot at some point, just kind of like I think what Ashgren wanted to do, but we'll see what happens. Anyways, Polizzi, I think, wins. All right, let's go to the next fight here. Amanda Bell against Marina uh, Mock Nakatina. And right now, uh, Bell minus 120, Mock Nakatina uh, plus 100. Thoughts on this one, AJ? I think Nakatina should win. Um, better wrestler should be able to control yeah. where the fight goes. Underdog pick. Yeah, don't, don't have much research on here, but she's going to be my pick regardless. Yeah, no, I'm actually with you on this one too, AJ. I, I, Amanda Bell's really never impressed me. She's kind of like, they bring her in to lose. Like, she's been finished quite a few times by some not great fighters. Got like Megan Anderson and like Charmaine Twee. Like, these are not got girls you want to be getting knocked out by and stuff. She's very inconsistent. I'm with you, AJ. It's kind of like a low-level women's fight um, at 145, I believe. I think Mokantina, uh, like you said, she should have the greater grappling. So there probably is some value with her as an underdog, honestly, guys. You want to dig into this one a little bit more? Personally, I'm looking at some other spots this weekend, but, you know, that's a possible even money play that you could look at, I think. I mean, AJ are on the same page with that one. It's kind of a – for me, it's more of a fan of Bell. I just really don't think she's that good, AJ, you know? So the next one here, Lucas Brennan against Matthew Ski-Bicky. And this fight has odds. Let me see where the odds are. Okay, minus 1,100 for Brennan plus – 700 for Ski Bicky. Is it a classic Bellator squash match, AJ? Yeah, I was going to say, if you subscribe to the narrative that we're talking about at the very beginning of, of the setup fights, this is this is right <laughs> up the alleyway. I mean, this is, uh, yeah, Brennan is is a massive favorite here. Young up-and-coming guy, you know, inexperienced but still talented. think he wins. Yeah. This dude's lost three straight fights. <laughs> he has lost, like, this Imperiato guy, actually. He's a Canadian dude who's... Signed to the UFC briefly, but he made some racist comment and they cut him, dumbass. That was really stupid, eh? Waste your career just because you, you couldn't uh, keep that to yourself. Anyways, yeah, this is obviously a mismatch. This guy's lost three straight fights. I actually don't really like these kind of fights, AJ, to be honest with you. Like, I feel like someone's going to get hurt in these kind of fights. Like, there was one, I can't remember what it was a few weeks ago. There was that dude, it was that heavyweight fight. I can't remember the guy. Remember that heavyweight dude? He'd been knocked out like five or six times in a row. Can't remember his name. Um... I can't remember. Anyways, on the last Bellator card, and it was weird. Don't understand the Bellator slander. We're not really slandering Bellator, man. We're breaking it down. I mean, who else is breaking it down? It's, we're just being realistic about the matchmaking. You got a four and zero guy against the four and three guys. Lost three straight fights. Two straight fights by stoppage. The line is the way it is because Brendan's probably going to knock him out too. So I'm with you, AJ. But I think in those kind of situations, again, the better play would be like an under or like an inside the distance kind of thing. Then laying the minus seven hundred or minus eleven hundred, and inside the distance is only like minus two thirty. Under is uh, minus one thirty five. I think this guy finishes him, AJ. I'm pretty sure he does. You know what I mean? No, it's not about a four zero guy fighting a top three guy, man. Couldn't they have fought fought someone, found someone coming off of at least one win instead of three straight losses, including two stoppage losses, Pavlo? I think that's kind of what me and AJ are getting at, and there, you see that a lot in Bellator. I think. And again, I what was the last? I gotta find the guy's name. Bellator 259. What was the guy? Let me see here. It was that it was that heavyweight dude, and he'd been knocked out, and he should not have been fighting in that fight. And it was um Davion Franklin versus Tyler King, and he was like a huge favorite. Remember that fight, AJ? And he just knocked the dude out. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyways, um, 
And no, actually, you're wrong, Pavlo. This isn't how MMA works. That's how uh, boxing works. MMA is different, especially in the UFC, man. You know, UFC is all about fighting the best fighters. I agree Bellator does want to build up some of their guys, but I think in general, MMA is not really about building guys up. Um, it's not like boxing. is boxing, you see guys go like 20, 30, and 0 before they, you know, get a big big step up. You don't really see that in MMA. But I'm with you. I mean, you're right, Pavlo. He only has four fights. We're just saying... Or I'm just saying, I don't, I'm not going to speak for AJ here. I'm just saying, you know, can you get him a guy at least coming off of one win? Because he's just, he's beaten everyone in such impressive fashion in Bellator. That's all I'm asking. I don't think it's, <laughs> I don't think it's a lot to ask for AJ to say, can you get him a guy coming off of a win, you know? Anyways, Pavel, you just want to argue, man. I don't know why. Anyways, let's go to the next fight here, AJ. Nick Newell versus Bobby King. Let's go to this one. Nick Newell, Nick Newell the one-armed bandit, man. Got a lot of respect for this guy, AJ. You know, he's been around the sport for a while. I mean, for for a guy with, um, you know, he doesn't want to call it a handicap. It is. I mean, he has one arm, and but he's still made it to Belgium. He's doing well. Anyways, the odds for this one, AJ, pulling it up right now. Nick Newell minus 125, Bobby King plus 105. What are you thinking, man? Yeah, I like I like Newell in this spot. Um, think he's a better fighter. I know that he's coming off a fight where he was a big favorite and he lost. That might be why the odds are where they are right now because he was like minus 800 and he lost a split there, but um, he's just a lot more tested than King. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think this is a, a kind of a gem on the prelims to be honest with you. I think this is a, a good fight. Um, like we were talking about beforehand, this is a good card. And I think that the fact that this fight is on the prelims kind of speaks to, to its depth. Um, but yeah, I, I slightly favor Newell here, not super confident in him, but he's going to be my pick to win regardless. Yeah. It's just always tricky with Nick because I mean, it is what it is. I mean, he's, he doesn't have two arms. So I feel like that it does give him some advantages in some ways. Like his submissions are very tricky and stuff. And they're very unique, right? And we've seen that time and time again. But we have seen when he steps up in competition a little bit, he's, he's struggled a bit. I mean, let's be honest. That fight with Gaethje, that was like, man, that fight should have never been sanctioned. <laughs> Honestly, that fight was way too much at that point in his career, especially. I mean, Munoz was a bad matchup. It's like Dana White didn't really want him in the UFC or something. So, um what else is there? Manny Murrow. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't a great decision. I'm not really sure why this guy is arguing in the chat. I mean, dude, I, I, I'm, a, I'm nothing but respect you, respectful to you every time we talk, Pavlo. Can you just be cool, man, please? We're all just trying to have a good time here. Talk about the fights. That's all, dude. If you, if you disagree with what I was saying about the odds, that's totally fair. But there's no reason to argue with me, man. It's, it's really lame, dude. Um, let's go to Bobby King here, 9-3. Uh, AJ, I mean, like, what are, you, what are you thinking about this guy at all? I mean, do you have any, like, thoughts on this dude coming in here? Like, he does have a lot of finishes, but against low-level competition, right? You did beat Steven Sadler, though. That's a decent win, right? Yeah, yeah, to your point. I mean, he's just, like, yeah, I don't think he's a bad fighter by any means, but, like, just Newell's just a bit more tested, you know, more seasoned, more experienced, you know, just, I think, a better fighter. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, I just, I think, like, recency bias is a very real thing, and maybe there's something to Newell losing that last fight. Maybe not, but um, I just think that we have a larger sample size than just looking at Newell's last fight and seeing him lose by split to suggest that he's a better fighter. Like I'm not ready to say like Newell's like on some decline right now. Again, maybe, maybe it's possible, but like beyond yeah. that last fight, I'm not ready to get there right now. I'm not ready to say like, like it's, it's one thing, like we talked about Jacare Souza in the past, like we, we saw like a, a regression there and it, it made sense based on his age and um, you know, just how he was fighting and that sort of thing we saw consistently, but it, I like the, the, the MMA community. I noticed that they always like, especially with prospects when they go on a winning streak and then they finally lose, they're just like 
off of them completely. Like they want them to earn back their trust. And I just think that's unfair to do to these fighters. Like they're just like, we see it with athletes in their prime all the time. Michael Jordan, when he was in his prime, he wasn't going out there lighting up the floor, 30 point performances. Tom Brady wasn't going out there throwing 400 yards and four TDs with no picks. Like these guys, even if they're at their best, they just have some performances where they're just not as good as some as others. And I just, I think it's wrong to write off, uh, somebody if they maybe underperformed in, in one fight when we have a large sample size to say that this guy's this guy's legit he's consistent i mean he's yeah. proven so no you're um, right you're right for sure yeah i do like that win over siler though i mean submitting siler is a good win i think steven siler was a guy who was in the ufc for a while all right let's go through the rest of them we only got like 15 minutes left here let's go quickly um taiwan claxton against justin gonzalez i like this fight a lot actually this is a great fight taiwan claxton uh it's, it's the pick up fight aj it's very closely lined what do you think man this is a great fight what do you think yeah, I'm going to side with Gonzalez, but but Claxton's one of these underrated guys that, like, I mean, you look at his record, like, oh, six and two, but, like, it's it's kind of deceiving because he's actually really good. Um, I think it'll be – I think it's Gonzalez's toughest test to date, but um, that said, it is still one I think he, he edges out what's a closely contested battle. Yeah, yeah, I think it's close, man. But I like this Gonzalez kid, and honestly, he was – yeah, he was on contender series. He didn't get a finish. I think that Dana White should have signed this guy too, though. Like, he's pretty good, and I think that he's a guy they let go, and uh, – they just didn't get a hold of him, and I think he's pretty good. You know, Claxton though, solid too, man. And, you know, this fight with J.J. Wilson, looking back now at the time, we were all like, oh, man, he loses to Wilson. It's not a good loss. But I think we all know Wilson's really good prospect. So, you know, that's not – there's no shame in that loss time anymore. So I think this is a competitive fight, AJ. Um, but I would lean a little towards Gonzalez. Next fight here we have Kyle Kruckmer versus LeVon uh, Kelly, And this is an interesting fight, man. I, I'm very high on Kyle Kruckmer. Um, my boy Cole Sheldon at BJ Penners interviewed him which was cool. And right now, AJ, it's, it's a pick and fight too, man. What do you think of this one? Yeah, another close fight. Um, Got to give credence to Bellator because this is, uh, there, there's a lot of closely contested fights. Yeah, I agree. I was about to often. say that. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Really, the only one was the Brennan fight. I mean, everything else, there's no complaints about these kind of fights. This is, this is what you want to see. You want to see closely even line fights. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like your guy. Um, uh, uh, Crutch, 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 yeah. Crutchmer. Yeah. yeah uh, but I actually am going to side with uh, uh, Cho Kelly here. Just a uh, better fighter in my eyes. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it should be a good scrap. For I'm sure. excited for this fight, man. I mean, these guys are both pretty solid, but you know, we'll see how this guy does in Belter. It's a step up from the guys he's been fighting. He really hasn't been fighting great competition. I think this guy, Crocker, looked pretty good. He trains at a great camp. Um, so I think he's training in American Kickboxing Academy. He was talking in the interview about how He's training with Islam Makachev every day and how he's he's like, I train with Islam. So like I have so much confidence right now. So that's interesting. But obviously this uh this Cho Kelly guy, I'm sure he trains with a good some good fighters too. And he's he's one of those guys out of Georgia. So it seems like all those guys have really good grappling from what we've seen, like the Leedsy, Makachevili, some other guys. The Marcus Jackson gets Mark Leminger. Um it's another basically a pick 'em fight, slightly towards Leminger. But what do you think? I think Jackson has to keep the fight upright. I just think that Je- Leminger is a better wrestler. He should be able to land takedowns. Um, Jackson, I think he could have success with the low kicks. Leminger stands very heavy on his lead leg. He's also just very hittable in general. Not a lot of head movement. Very uh, poor footwork. Uh, Jackson, a Sanford MMA guy. I think he's got the power advantage, the athleticism advantage. But I'm actually going to pick Leminger because I think he should be able to control where the fight goes. We've seen Jackson controlled on his back. Uh, we've seen him finished on the ground by Harvey, Harvey Park, for instance. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually going to pick Leminger here. Yeah, I don't blame you, really, especially after Jackson losing that last fight. But I don't know, man. I, he's still a Sanford guy. You know I love that team, man. I still got to go with my Sanford guy here with Jackson. But 
It's not a fight we'd bet on or anything like that. We'll, we'll wait and see what happens with it. I could definitely see Lemminger winning. It's a pick-up fight for a reason. I mean, it's close. Now, Aaron Pico takes on Aiden Lee here. Aaron Pico was, like, such a highly talented prospect. Man, he lost some fights. He should have won. Comes in here as a, as a sizable favorite, though, AJ. Minus 700, plus 500. But we've seen this guy lose as a huge favorite a few times. What do you think, man? Yeah, I, I don't expect a ton of people to trust Pico. But then again, I mean, he opened at minus 500, and now he's north of minus 700. So people are trusting him to some degree still. I mean, I think... We, we know the issue with Pico, right? He's a, he's a tremendous talent, but, like, it's just his durability. Uh, Freeman rocked him. Corrales got him. Yeah. But when you watch film on these guys, he's just a much better fighter than Lee, to yeah. put it simply, like, everywhere pretty much. Uh, Lee's going to be longer, but, like and, – and in theory, he can maybe knock him out at range, but I don't consider Lee a big power threat, not as much as Borix or Corrales. So, um, I, I don't know, man. I mean, again, you always have to be hesitant with Pico's big favorite just because he's young and yeah. the durability. But, like, I got to pick him because he's just a better fighter everywhere by a wide margin. He is, AJ, but I, I honestly don't trust him. And I don't think I will ever bet on him again, you know, after those losses just because he was a guy that – I don't know, man. He lost to Zach Freeman. That was, like, a big eye-opener. Everyone was betting on my, on him. And I, I just didn't see him fight before. So I was like, you can't do it. But, you know, losing to Borch and Corrales. Corrales especially, man. Corrales is, like, an okay fighter. But he just lost in a fight he should have won. And I think looking back on it, it's not a great loss, especially. And Boric, I'll give him a pass on that one. He's looked good in the last couple of fights, AJ, against some, like, okay competition. I just don't trust him, though, honestly, man. I know at his best, he's one of the best guys in the world, I think, in Dalator at, at this division. I just think the durability. And I think that, you know, this guy could land a kick, like, in his last fight and, and catch this guy. So I, I, I'm, I'm staying away. And I think if you're going to bet on it, you, you I would rather just take under because I do think it's not going to go very long. Under is minus 160 for under 1.5. It's not great odds, but uh, I, I don't see this. You don't see it going the distance. Do you, AJ? I think it could, actually. I really? mean, I think. <laughs> okay, yeah, take the plus I mean, 300, AJ. There you go. Plus 325 on the distance prop. There you go, AJ. Well, Well, when I look at the fight, it's like, I mean, I guess Pico could knock him out at range, but like Lee, like his stoppage loss came on the ground and it was kind of a weird stoppage. And I just think there's a chance that Pico just takes him down and just grinds him out for three rounds to be out. That, that would be how like it could go the distance. Um, it might sound like an absurd take, but like because of Pico's never been the distance, he's never even been in the third round, but like how they actually match up on tape. I think there is some merit to the fact that the fight could play out three rounds. I I don't think Lee's a, a downright bad grappler. He's he's shown some submission grappling competencies um, <laughs> offensively, and I, I don't think he's awful on his back. And and I think that Pico could just kind of like Pico hasn't shown to be the guy to like take you down, pass your guard right away, and just take your back and sub you or like ground and pound you. Like he's more of like a, a full guard, half guard, top control grappler who wants to stay heavy on top and mix in some moderate ground and pound, and um, that's how he's kind of inning, right? So. I again, I'm not doubting that it. I mean, it, it certainly could finish, but I, I think there's ways that it can't, uh, as as convenient as that might be, uh, just based on how they match up. Yeah, that's fair, AJ. And he, plus four fifty on Pico by decision, man. So then you take a look at that one. AJ kind of thinks there's a chance on that big prop hitting. All right, co-main event: Paul Daly against Jason Jackson. Great fight. Love this fight. Actually, it's not a welterweight. It's a one seventy five, but. Uh, Anyways, it's, it, it could be a number one contender fight at 170 because the main event obviously was with for the belt. Um, Jason Jackson, decent size favorite here, AJ, minus 240, daily plus 200. I love this fight, man. Give me your thoughts on it. 
Yeah, I think if, if Jackson was, he can make a case. Um, I just don't, like, Daly, he's coming off a fight where he won, obviously, but he, he didn't look good. Like, I got to be honest, he did not look good in that first round. He got dropped, knocked down. Um, he got taken down with an ankle pick. Um, he just really struggled with with Homasi's kicks, and um, Homasi, like he typically does, gassed in the second round, and then he got hurt by Daly, and Daly finished him. And, and good on Daly for bouncing back. We know the guy could take a shot, and he's got an immense amount of power and that sort of thing, but when I look at this fight, there's no advantage that Daly truly has over Jackson other than power. Like, I just think Jackson's better than him everywhere. He's bigger. He's longer. I think he's better fighting at range. Um, he's got more variety with his attack. I think he's a better wrestler, better grappler. And so um, and I think he's got better cardio as well. So for Daly to win this fight, I think he's got to knock him out in open space. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I just think Jackson is just going to take him down and, and dominate him. Like, we've seen this more than once with Daly. Uh, Eric Silva took him down from a body lock, took his back. Uh, John Fitch. I mean, like, and these are guys that are well past their prime at the time mm-hmm. that they fought daily. So Jackson, up and coming guy, athletic guy, huge guy for the weight class. Uh, another Sanford guy. I know you like that. Um, I, I think Jackson is the rightful favorite. I think he wins. Yeah, I love the Sanford guys. And here's the thing, like Jason Jackson, I've been betting on the last couple of fights, but the odds were different. Like he was a pick him against uh, Gracie, I believe. Yeah, he was a plus money. And then me and very small favorite. I think it closed at a pick in the medium fight. I was just absolutely shocked. I remember giving that out as a bet that was last year, I think. Yeah, I was like, bet on that one. And, and so I, I think that now as a minus 240 favorite, I don't think there's as much value, AJ, personally. I know a lot of people parlay, probably parlay him, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I still think he probably wins. I do think he's probably more well-rounded. But Daly's a guy that I respect his power a lot, man. I really do. And, you know, it's something that could pull him out of bad situations. Like that last fight, and Homasi's cardio is not very good either, but he came back from getting knocked down and obviously won with a brutal knockout. And then also the Lawrence Larkin fight for, I know it's, it's been four years since that fight. Daly's older now, 38, but I mean, he, he knocked out Lawrence Larkin, man. And that was a big win for him. So he's pulled off the upset before and he's pulled off some nice knockout wins, obviously throughout his whole career. I think he's got a chance here, AJ. I honestly do. I think Daly could knock him out. So I love Jason Jackson. I love Sanford and AJ. I just, this one's not really one I, I want to uh, personally have involvement with i think it's i actually kind of think it's dogger pass personally all right let's go to the main event man oh, what a great fight douglas Lima against yaroslav amasov undefeated phenom 25 and oh and then the phenom douglas Lima, the champion here um yeah it's it's basically a pick on major douglas Lima, it looks like a small favorite um most books minus 120 amasov plus 100 so slightly at the books towards lima what do you think man dude Lima's such a great fighter man i mean like when when he's like Yep. I feel like when he retires, people are just going to like, I mean, I'm not going to take his career for granted. I'm going to be like really happy that he fought, but like you look at like his eight losses, this is like, dude, it does not do the guy justice as to how good he truly is. He's super well-rounded, uh, good striker. He's beaten, fought and beat great fighters, Korshav. Um, you know, he beat uh, McDonald, uh, you know, but like the thing with this matchup against Amazon, I got to say, this is one of the tougher matchups for Lima, if not the toughest in the division. Like he's going up against a stud, Sambo specialist uh, who has better footwork, better mobility than him fights at a higher tempo on the feet. Uh, Lima's better technically on the feet and he's also got more power, but um, Amazov, I would, he's a, a very underrated striker, Tiger Muay Thai guy. He's technical again, fights at a high pace, but why I think Amazov could win is because Lima has this tendency of being flat footed back himself into the fence when you pressure and from there you're able to control him and, possibly take him down. Like we saw Musasi and, and McDonald do in the first fight. And um, it's again, I think Lima's got good takedown defense, especially in open space. He's got very strong hips. He sprawls really well. He's got 
good takedown defense there. But against the fence, if you're able to clasp your hands, get the body lock, that's where you could take him down. And um, his, his guard is extremely difficult to pass. It's it's tough to land damage on him. But in terms of who's going to be landing takedowns here, I think it's more likely Amazov could, due to the higher uh, takedown pedigree. So uh, I'm actually going to pick Amazov to to pull off uh, – well, you said it's a pick him, so but, – but and new. I think it's going to be and new. Um, Lima, again, people will – I could already see it coming. Like if if Lima loses this fight, people are going to declare him done because he lost two in a row. And that's just, that's not fair. Like he lost, like if he loses this fight, it would be losses to Gegard Musasi and Amazov, who is 25 and 0 heading into this fight. So I just want people to remember that. Don't write Lima off. If he loses this fight, he's a great fighter. Um, and he's a, just got a tremendous resume. So even though I'm picking Amazon, Amazon here, it's not like, you know, Lima won't be live. He's very game. Game as they come. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a new man. Dude, I absolutely love this fight. I mean, I'm a huge Lovis Lima fan, guys. He used to fight in MFC in Canada. So I've been following his career for over 10 years now. I absolutely love the guy. Um, and he's also he also fought in um, near Toronto. It was actually, I think, at Casino Rama. So I've seen him fight in person. I love the guy. He's just, he's, he's, I'm a fan of him, you know. But I'm with you in that it's a tough matchup for him. And I don't really want to back him in this one, even though I, I generally back Lima at these, these kind of close odds in the past. Um, the guy's been a great bet throughout his career. He's always kind of been good odds. Not early in Bellator. He's, in these early tournaments, he was beating up guys he should have been beating up. But lately, he's had some like tough matchups come through for the most part. Um, I'm just a huge fan of the guy. I just think, you know, this Amazon guy is unbelievable too. Like, I'm a huge fan of him too, AJ. You know what I mean? Like, this guy's really good. And I bet on him the last couple of fights and he's come through. The fight with Storley was super close, although I did think he won, so... That was nice to see him be a, be a better wrestler. I think the wrestling could give Lima problems, man. Um, I think it was the what the first Korshkov fight where Korshkov was just take, landing takedown, takedown, right? You saw what Ben Askren did do. I know it's been years since that fight, guys, but still, Amosov's that kind of like good, strong grappler, and we'll see. Uh, you know what, AJ? I'm, I'm going to pick Lima. I, I still want to believe he can keep it at range, use his kicks. Do more damage and win decision here, but I think this fight's super close, guys. And it, honestly, neither result would surprise me. So I'm I'm staying away, but I'm really looking forward to watching it. You know, you don't have to bet in every fight, especially some of these fights are super close for me. So I'm staying away. I'm not sure what you're thinking there, AJ, but for me, I'm going to stay away. Now, um, AJ, uh, let me ask you a few things uh, about UFC here. Um, let me actually let me get Marcus's comment. I hate that Coker book leaving to fight Gager like he did with Rory. I hope Lima doesn't break after losing a gamer like Rory did. Hey, Marcus, that's a great question or a comment. I agree completely, AJ. Uh, Bellator and the UFC are in love with like having a guy move up or a girl move up a weight class to get a second belt, but sometimes it's not a great idea. And you saw with Lima, like that just wasn't the best matchup for him against a guy like um, Musasi. I will say though, I don't think it's going to hurt his career as much as it did to maybe McDonald, where he got finished. I know Rory looked great in his last fight, but I'm still. A little bit hesitant, you know, when Rory fights a tough guy in PFL like uh, Ray Cooper. I don't know how that fight's going to go because of all the damage he's taken in that fight with uh, Gagar too. So in the Robbie, the Rory, uh, the Robbie Lawler fights too. Now uh, UFC AJ, there was two fights. Uh, one fight we we're going to talk about, and then I was going to ask you your dog of the week, like I have been lately. But I was going to ask you about the Favola and McKinney fight because the fight was booked on uh, decently short notice. Let me get this conflict in Shiro. I'm going with Amazon because Lima's probably tired of being champ. He's not as hungry for this tough, undefeated, tested opponent. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a chance, Kinshiro. So I don't think you're wrong at all with the Amazon pick. Um, I think, AJ, you said you're picking Amazon? You did, right? I picked Amazon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys are on the same page. I, like I said, I'm going to slightly lean towards Lima, but it, it's super close. Now, it might, we'll, go, we'll go a few minutes over here, guys. Um, we'll go, uh, just because I want to get AJ's thoughts on this. 
uh, Fravola and McKinney fight. Because so me, we were doing the podcast the other day, me and, and uh, Marcel, and the fight. You know, we just found out about the fight, and Marcel was like, "What do you think the odds are going to be?" And he said, Marcel said he thought McKinney would be a big fate underdog. And I was like, man, that's no way. I'm like, I think the odds will be close. I think Frivola is going to be like, you know, two to one or a little bit lower than that even. And, you know, Marcel was right. So I had to give Marcel props on that. But I don't agree with the odds. I actually think there's value on the underdog with McKinney here. Um, I'm not sure what you think about this kid. I like this guy. I really do. I think he's got good striking. I've watched his fights really closely the last couple of days, guys. I think I think there's value on him as an underdog this weekend against Frivola, who – you know, he got rocked bad against Luis Pena. got knocked out by Polo Reyes. The guy takes a lot of damage in his fights. I don't really trust him a lot, AJ. So I don't know what you're thinking in this, this one, man. Yeah, like on one hand, I could understand where the oddsmaker is coming from. You know, not as many people are familiar with McKinney. Favola is more proven at the UFC level. He's more prepared. I get that aspect of it. But when you look at them too stylistically, uh, Favola is just not a guy I ever feel confident backing as a big favorite. I understand maybe betting him as an underdog against guys with questionable takedown mm-hmm. offense like like you said Pena but when you look at him as a fighter like he's just like he's a decent wrestler he's got good cardio he's a good scrambler but beyond that he doesn't have a lot of tool layers to his game and when you look at McKinney he's actually comes from a high wrestling pedigree he's yep. really strong in top position uh, like body locks and he's just like a great physical athlete um on the feet they're both at wild and extremely hittable so I guess a knockout in theory could happen either way but this is one where I agree with you. I actually do think McKinney is live here. And um, again, you, you got to always wonder about the short notice. But look, we're coming off a card where, I mean, you can't count these guys out just because they're coming on short notice. Look at Camella Kirk. I mean, look at uh, Danny Sabatello, right? I mean, th- this is this is something we see. We can't just write these guys off because they're taking the fight on short notice. We got to look beyond that. We got to actually look at how they match up with their opponent. And the way him and Frivola match up, it's not a bad fight for him. So, um Honestly, it's one I could see him winning. So as bold as that sounds, I actually I agree with you. I do. I, I mean, I'm glad we're like on the same page, but I this is like you know someone I'm definitely looking at for a bet this weekend at plus two forty odds because of the he has good wrestling too. It's not just he's a he's a striker, right? I think he actually has the better striking. Now the only thing I'm worried about is the back to back weight cuts. And that's something Marcel brought to me, but I didn't even realize the Sean Woodson fight was at one forty five and he gassed out in that fight and got knocked out, and then he moved up to one fifty five. After the Derek Minner fight, which he also – well, he made a mistake in that fight. He took Derek Minner down and got caught in a triangle. It was a dumb move against Derek Minner, who's a really good grappler. But since then, AJ, he's moved up to lightweight. He's looked a lot better at lightweight, dude. So he might miss weight tomorrow. I still think he might miss weight, which I hope he doesn't. But I'd rather – I'm kind of hoping either he makes weight or he misses by like four or five pounds. I don't want him to miss by like like half a pound because then I'll know it was a tough cut for him. You know what I mean, AJ? Like I'd rather him be like, all right – I'm just not going to make – I can't make the weight, so I'll just come in at 160 like, uh, like you know, some of these guys do sometimes, like to give him an advantage. I, but I'd rather him just make 155, obviously. I like this guy, though, guys. I think he's definitely a live underdog. And I was looking at DraftKings, too. He's a big underdog. So, I mean, listen, he's not going to be a, a popular play by a lot of people. But, you know, to win those big tournaments, AJ, I talk about this all the time. you got to be a little different, guys. And last week, I came in fourth place. And you know the reason I came in fourth, AJ? It's because I had Puelas. And that's a guy that no one really liked last week. Remember we even talked about it? I told you he had a really good chance. I really liked that kid. And he came through because of the, the top control time, man. You got to love it, AJ. So that's something I'm looking at this weekend. But, uh, yeah, we talked about it with Marcel. And Marcel has a comment here. 
Marcel, uh, yo, I think you're right, Marcel. You actually predicted the line better than me, so good job. I just think the fight's close. Like, I still think that Favola should be favored because he has the more experience. I, I'm, I'm, you know what I mean, AJ? Like, I think the line makes sense that he's favored. I just think it's too far in his favor. Like, he shouldn't be that big of a favorite. So there's value on in my opinion. Armin Ospinov, yeah, man. AJ's really big on this guy. We'll talk for a few more minutes, but PFL starting soon. Um, Dylan Dan's injured. You think he'll ever fight again? I have no idea, Marcus. It's like this dude never wants to fight. He hasn't fought in like two years. He just talks smack online. It's kind of lame. Um, AJ, what's your dog of the week, man? I always ask you. Got to get your thoughts on the dog of the week. I guess it would be McKinney or, or you got someone else. <laughs> I'll, I'll give somebody different. I actually sure. – I, I like Laura Murphy against Joanne Calderwood. And um, part of it is because of the form she's been looking in. But, dude – I gotta be honest with you, I've never been sold on Calderwood's takedown defense or her submission grappling. I mean, we've seen her submitted from guard more than once mm-hmm. against Maya and against um Moroz, right? And she even got submitted by Andrade. Like, this is a fight where, like, yeah, sure, it's a fight where if Calderwood keeps her range, she's just got better kicks and the clinch, she's better. But if Murphy gets her down, Murphy could submit her, to be honest with you. I mean, she, yeah. I know she's coming off her first sub win, but Brown Belt thinks she's strong. Uh, good in top control. So I actually think Murphy's live here. I think she could lay in takedowns or in top control and maybe even get a finish. Yeah. No, I me and Marcel both lean towards her a little bit in the podcast on Tuesday, AJ. Um, so I'm definitely with you on that one. I think she can grind it out too. So I think it's a close fight. Don't get me wrong. JoJo's improved. I think her grappling a little bit, but I still think, you know, Murphy's like a man. She just, she's always coming great cardio, always coming forward, relentless pressure, good wrestling, good pace. She's super tough, super durable. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like about Murphy there. As uh, what is it, a pick and fire? Yeah, plus one twenty, so it's even better. Um, now I have no idea what you're thinking about this fight. You might laugh when I say this guy as a, as a dog, but Jay Collier, man, I think he's got a good shot here to beat Carlos Felipe. I think he matches up pretty well in this fight. I'm not too impressed with Carlos Felipe, AJ. I, he doesn't seem to have like any power at all for heavyweight. Um, I don't even really think he lost, he won his last fight. I, I think overall, Jay Collier is the better mixed martial artist. I think if he goes, to, this fight goes to the ground somehow, I think Collier is a better grappler. I think he's the better striker too, and he's a bigger guy as well. I understand he doesn't look like a UFC fighter. He's got a lot of extra weight he could lose, but I like him at heavyweight, man. He's looked okay. He got knocked up by Aspinall. That's, that's, that's a loss that I think a lot of guys take. He looked outstanding against Fuente. And overall in his career, you watch some of his fights back, AJ. I talked about this on, with Marcel, but some of these fights, like the, the first fight with um, uh, Vitor Miranda, he gassed out and got knocked out. The fight with Donkey Yang was winning the fight, got, got gassed out and not knocked out. So I think, you know, he, he couldn't make that weight, 185. And 205, I guess he didn't want to do that either. And heavyweight seems to be a, a decent weight class for him. So despite what he looks like, and I remember really laughing at this dude when he fought Aspinall. I was like, man, this guy sucks. I can't wait to fade him in his next fight. He gets smashed out against Vellante. I'm like, Vellante's going to win. I'm like, I'm actually going to back Vellante in a fight for once. And he goes <laughs> out there and gets absolutely dominated. But looking, I actually went back and watched all his fights in the UFC, and I watched his fights in the regional scene just to see the real progression of this kid. I like this guy as an MMA fighter. So overall, I like what I've seen. And Felipe just doesn't impress me at all. I've got to be honest. I'm not sure what you think of this fight, man. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you. I think that oh, wow, Collier's... there you go. <laughs> Sorry, go Yeah. Ahead. No, 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 you're good. I, I think Felipe is overrated. That's a good yeah. point. Like yeah. he, people just, I guess, wanted to write off Collier because of the narrative of him like missing on the scales and whatever, or not missing, but just coming in out of shape. But like when you actually look at how they match up, it's not a bad fight for Collier. He's a bit longer than him, a few inches, not nothing too significant, but he's got better range game or kicks, 
for diversity with them. He's got higher volume. And um, I, I do agree with you. I don't think, well, I, I'm not saying that Felipe can't knock out Collier. Felipe isn't the biggest. He doesn't have one hitter quitter power for heavyweight standards. He, he's, he doesn't hit, hit as hard. I'm not, I'm not saying he has to hit as hard as, as Rosenstrike, but you know, when you look at the other heavyweights, I don't think he hits hard, you know, a significant amount. And Collier, I mean, he hurt Volante a couple times. He's got some pop in his hands himself. So um, contested on the feet. And I just think that Collier's higher pace, more better range, uh, could probably get him a decision victory. He'll just have to be careful of the pocket exchanges because that's when Felipe is going to have that sort of heavyweight Diaz bro style where he's going to walk forward, throw his punches, and, and try and look to cut, uh, clip Collier. To your point, Collier's been hurt. Um, Maybe he hurts some, but if he doesn't, if, if this fight goes the distance, I feel confident in Collier's chances. I really do. So um, yeah. I think your analysis is totally fair. And if people want to laugh at you, just ignore him because, dude, I think you're oh, spot on. But, oh, I don't, I, I don't even know if they are, but because I think, I mean, I don't even know what people are thinking about this fight, but I actually like that he's at these odds at plus 150. I, mean, I, I think that's going to be something that I'm considering, obviously, you know, anytime you're liking a dog at plus 150, you're probably going to end up betting it. So just want to see the way into the world. Just, just want to see it. You know, this is a guy who's fought in several weight class, so just get a little bit last second information, AJ, before I before I, uh, you know plug away on it. Marcus says, uh, "Great show, very informative, good work. I hope we get two hours today." No, nah, no, nah, but but I didn't mind going a little bit uh, over, but I appreciate that, Marcus. Thanks, man. And I'm glad the chat's being a lot more like chill right now. It's good, guys. That's what we want here. In a close fight, I picked the person who got the better wrestling. You know what, Marcel? It's true, and that's something I've heard. I heard someone say like ten years ago, and it's always kind of stuck with me. It's usually a, a something you can keep in mind. The, the guy who controls where the fight takes place will win. Going with Murphy, she's a new gym with Gaethje and uh, Matt Hume. Yeah, yeah, man. Murphy is interesting. Um, I, I think as a dog, she's interesting. And Mar- like I said, Marcel liked her too. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Calderwood struggled a little bit with uh, Jessica I aging. That's that's a little worrisome to me. And then the last thing he says, Collier's his expo brother, both doing burgers. They both love burgers, I guess. That's funny. All right, Mark, um, that's it for today, though, AJ. I think we're going to get out of here, man. PFL starting soon. I know you want to watch it, so we'll get out of here. Please plug your stuff, man. you got some some writing. you got some bets this weekend. Pl- plug away, man. Go ahead. Yeah, AJ Shulo on Twitter. Got multiple bets up for UFC 263. They can be accessed on dailyfanmma.com. Uh, also on betmma.tips backslash AnthonyS364. Got a lot of great content coming out. Uh, have an Instagram presence finally. Got a YouTube presence finally. So, yeah, support's always appreciated. Thanks, Adam, and best of luck to everybody. Oh, thank you, AJ, man. I love when you come on, on Thursdays, man. It's, it's always appreciated and it's always a good discussion. Uh, I apologize, guys, for that, you know, slight misunderstanding with, with uh, Pavlo. You know, I don't like when that happens. You know, obviously, uh, we're all trying to just have a good time here. So hopefully it doesn't happen next time. We're all pretty chill in this chat. I know there's some other podcasts where there's a lot of arguing going on. I really don't want that to come here. You know, I want a really respectful chat, AJ. And I think that's, that's all I'm asking for. You know, we, we do this show for free. We're just doing it because we love doing. We love talking about the sport. So let's just all be respectful here. You know, we're not going to always agree with each other, but we can disagree in a respectful manner. And I felt like there was a little bit of trolling today, which I don't really like going forward. So I just wanted to mention that. Anyways, appreciate you guys. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Adam Martin. Got a lot of content out there, man. There's a lot going on right now. Um, tomorrow I'm going to pep my uh, my bets up at Elite um, Betting, and then I'll have my DFS breakdown, Elite uh, Fantasy as well. I did really good last week. AJ came in fourth place, man in the 100K tournament. So, I mean, I'm really proud of myself. Two points away from winning, AJ. Unbelievable. I just need a Ponce Nabio. Yeah, I was your guy, AJ. I should have listened to you, man. That was your dog of the week last week. And I was like, yeah, man, I don't think so. But anyways, my dog of the week helped me win with clubs. But anyways, yeah, my bets will be up tomorrow. And then uh, MAAllStreaker.com, I got my, my breakdowns for the fights. So definitely check that out. And then BJPen.com, my MA News, and uh, 
Fanatics Fancy MMA, doing some like video content for them now, which is pretty cool too. So appreciate it, guys. We'll talk to you soon. And I'll be back um, with Marcel on Monday. Although I think the time's going to be different. I'll, I'll tweet about it, but I think it might be a little later in the, uh, the evening because uh, Marcel has some other stuff going on. All right, have a good one, guys. Peace.